That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast where we talk about drugs, alcohol, recovery, and more. And today we're going to be talking with my mentor, sponsor, and good friend, Buddy C, about sponsorship. We've got a lot of questions um, about how do I find a sponsor? Do I need a sponsor? Um, all that good stuff. we got some other shit we're going to talk about as well. We've got some other questions. We actually have a lot of good comments and questions this week, so I appreciate all you guys sending those in. So before we get to that, be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. Uh, you can also connect with us on Instagram, at realthatsoberguy, uh, and uh, on Twitter, at Shane Raymer. Um, every year, 23 million Americans are living with addiction, but only 3 million are seeking the help that they need. So let me tell you about Heroes in Recovery. Heroes has a simple mission. Uh, it's to eliminate the social stigma that keeps people with addiction and mental health issues from seeking the help that they need. Uh, now, they also share stories of recovery um, in order to encourage uh, and inspire others and to help create an engaged, sober community uh, that empowers people to get involved, uh, which is very important, uh, to give back, of course, and to live healthy, active lives. Uh, I've shared my story with Heroes in Recovery with Heidi a couple of years ago back in Nashville. We had a good time doing it. I think it's a great way to contribute uh, and be a part of the recovery community. So do you have a story is the question. If you do, you can help bring it to truth and hope in the spotlight by sharing it with Heroes in Recovery. Uh, if you want to learn more, you can go to heroesinrecovery.com slash sober guy. That's heroesinrecovery.com slash sober guy. Or you can call 833-81-SOBER, 833-81-SOBER. Check out Heroes in Recovery um, when you get a minute. Uh, live show. We just booked a, another live show. I wanted to uh, wanted to uh, announce real quick. It's June twenty third. Still a couple months out. Tickets are uh, ten bucks. It's at the Hollywood Improv. Uh, it's a Sunday. We did it early. Um, you know, I think I think we have a four thirty start time of four o'clock uh, doors. Um, I really want to sell this thing out um, as as fast as possible. If pos- if that is possible. So if you're in the Los Angeles area. Come out, support us, support your own recovery, get involved, meet some new people, have some fun. Um, uh, let's see, what else did I have? That's the 23rd. Oh, yeah, the links for that. Uh, if you want to get tickets now, it's thatsoberguy.com slash live shows. Or you can go to the improv.com slash Hollywood, and you can click on uh, the calendar link there, and you can find them uh, there, too. I want to keep doing these things, I think, is the point. While I was saying I want to sell this thing out, it's not because I'm making any money on it or, or anything like that. We basically pay the, the club, um, and I'm hoping to make enough uh, to support my gas money uh, to, to drive down from Northern California to L.A. So uh, it's really about getting people together, trying to change this thing, talk about recovery, have some fun at the same time. We're going to have some good guests. Uh, we're still working on that. Uh, so, yeah, come support us. Uh, come check it out. Uh, we had a great time in San Diego. I hope you guys all got to listen to the Innovations in Recovery podcast. Uh, big thanks and a shout out to Carly, Sarah, Kaylee, Glenn, uh, all the foundations team, as well as all the great guests we had. Uh, so I hope you guys had some fun with that. And I want to give a shout out to Jordan Young from Jordan Young and Associates. He, he made, helped make some great connections while we were there too. Uh, one of the things I'm realizing in life in general, recovery, however you want to put it, it's not so much about um, – 
about what it is or putting a label on anything or business or whatever. It's really about creating relationships. And I've, I've noticed that, that shit falls into place when we just put that first. Uh, and Jordan really did a great job at that. Uh, I think he was a good example of that and I appreciate it. Um, so I think that is it on announcements. Um, on announcements, um, so stoked to have Buddy back on the show. He's been on a couple of times before. I want to say 117 was how to find a sponsor. So we've talked about um, this topic before, but it is such a hot topic that we figured we'd get on here and answer some questions. Uh, Buddy, it's good to have you back on the show, man. How's it going? Good to be here, my friend. Always good when we can get together. Absolutely, man. Um, you know, we, we've been continuing on on our weekly meet on Thursday mornings. Uh, so today we said, what the hell, let's, uh, let's, let's wrap it up and do a podcast. You're about to get on a ride. You got a rally coming up, right? I do. We're doing a, uh, I'm participating in the rock and ride scavenger hunt. So it's a motorcycle scavenger hunt supporting Alzheimer's research. We're, I'm leaving from Lake city, Florida, have to ride down today, leave it, leave in the morning. And then it's, it's, a. Uh, it's almost like a, it's a scavenger hunt where you, you get a list of bonuses and you put together a route based on all those things. Yeah. Whoever gets the most points wins. And it's, it's fun. It's fun. A lot of good folks that participate. And you get to go to the Ryman, you were saying, in Nashville, right? So you're going yeah, to shoot go, me a picture of that. <laughs> I have to go through there. And if, if anyone's in the southeast and they see a big black BMW whiz by with a crusty clown <laughs> on the back, a crusty bobblehead, that's me. <laughs> you can yell buddy yeah that's right you know as i pass by you know so wait so you put crusty back on the bike because i i thought that you said you took him off for a minute last time he makes me accountable because a lot of people have dash cams now so they mm -hmm. can identify me very easily if i don't behave in my driving <laughs> that's good because, man that's uh, good my ego does get uh hope to me sometimes in those so i have to watch it and behave it helps me to behave. Didn't you get hit by a deer one time too? A I deer jumped out. <laughs> I remember you called me like you were on some old dirt road and I don't know where the hell out in the middle of nowhere and a deer darted out and almost killed you. It was uh, Warland, Wyoming. I actually took an hour and a half for the deputy to get there. That was how far out in the country we were. But we, just me, me and the deer. But, uh, <laughs> it, it was really, it was a dirt road and I was going slow, but he ran out and hit me. I didn't yeah. never think about what he was running from. <laughs> I know, man. He, his, that's funny. His life could have been at jeopardy uh, at the same time. Who knows? I never thought about that. I was only yeah. thinking about me. You know, I was thinking about, oh, my God, my motorcycles, you know, totaled. And I was fine, but it was, it was quite an experience, quite an experience. But, you know, you're talking about sponsorship. You know, just us meeting today is an example of what, you do with sponsorship. We meet every week. Mm -hmm. It's not a relationship that stales or, or gets old or is just for working the steps. Yeah. How long have we been, how long have we been, uh, two years now or three? Man, I, I think it's been, I think it's been a little over three. I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the kind of thing that happens, you know, and you build this relationship and, and, uh, I learn from you, you learn from me. I'm someone you can be accountable with, you know, and there's times that I share things with you. So it's, it's, it's really a great relationship, no matter what kind of name you put on it, or even if it's not a within AA kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And I think, uh, I think one of the things is that we, we try to keep it 
simple and not have this really strict agenda. Um, and at the same time, I say that lightly because I know we have work to do too, you know, like we, like we actually need to dive back in into the book. I know we've been talking about that lately. I had some other step study uh, stuff with CR that I was doing at the time. Um, but to that, um, it's an, it's an enjoyable thing. It's not something that I have to do. It's something that I want to do because I know the importance of it. And I think the one word you said was accountability too. And that's a huge, that's a huge thing, man. If I don't have accountability, dude, I am a, a mess. And that goes beyond just, you know, having a sponsor or um, whatever it is. I need to be accountable. I'm not the best at holding myself accountable, which is probably how I got here in the first place, you know? Um, but yeah, we, we have a lot of good questions today that revolve around sponsorship, dry drunks. Um, I had a couple, I had a couple messages about cherry pies, which I love that everybody loves the cherry pie story. It's so classic, like stuffing my fat face with cherry cherry pies to self-destruct. So we're going to talk a little bit about sugar and other things to fill those voids. Um, So before we get in, I think what we're going to do, buddy, we'll just dive right into some of these questions. But first I wanted to, I wanted to mention, man, you had a couple exciting things um, that you just launched recently. Uh, one of them was the Dow of Our Understanding Alcohol Recovery Podcast. Uh, that's probably been like at least six months now, I want to say, or a few months. And then Transitions Daily. You guys uh, listening, you may have heard me um, uh, talk about Transitions Daily, the daily AA email that comes out. I use it every day. I get it emailed to me. Um, and, and, and Buddy went out and decided to start a podcast and have people around the world read the daily AA email quotes. So I wanted to mention that. How are those things going? Um, where can people find them? All that good stuff. They're doing well. Matter of fact, I appreciate you uh, discussing reading transitions while you're on the shutter. That's, good. <laughs> That's my favorite spot to do it, man. First AM. As long as take, you read it, you know, as long as you read it. You taking know. a dump, you know, yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, that's, oh, that's enough. I'm sorry I made you. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm going to go off on a rant about taking a shit. Well, here, but I, I, real, real quick, I'm going to. I was talking to Seth last night, and, he, and I, I, he called me, and he goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm taking a shit. And he goes, oh, perfect. He goes, do you ever lie to get away so you don't have to uh, talk to anybody that you need to go take a dump? And I said, all the time. That's my safe space. I can go in there and not be bothered, man. And sometimes I read transitions daily. Yeah. We started Transitions as a podcast back in February. I'm totally moving on. <laughs> I noticed that. Please do. Please do. My apologies. Uh, in February, and we had people who wanted to read around the world, so we, we've pretty much segregated months at a time for, for people to read. So we've got, uh, we have someone from Scotland, someone from England, a few from the U.S. in different places. Um, so we've got some really varied accents around to, yeah. to read this. And so I've got a guy from um, Copenhagen that read last month, that read April. And so we've got a guy that's reading from Detroit, that's reading May. And I think I've got Scotland in June. We wanted to make it an international kind of thing. We're, we're getting a lot of downloads, about 200 a day on average, I think, 190 a day. So that's awesome. good. And that's just in, you know, a couple of months. So that's growing. On the Dow podcast, well, they can get, they can find that at any of their uh, repositories uh, where they find their podcasts, uh, iTunes, Stitcher. Got it. Any of those. They how, go into search transitions daily. 
And I'll, I'll put the notes, guys, in the show notes. So if you want to click on, uh, click on it there, you can find it there. How long is each uh, podcast for Transitions Daily, roughly? Seven minutes. It's just the readings read. There's nothing else. There's no Got commentary. It. There's no, it's just what you would read in the email that you can get on the podcast now. Got it. And so they're going to gonna take some, some blocks. And I'm just, um, you know, kind of uh, mentioning this for those out there who have never seen it. Um, you're going to take some blocks out of the big book some quotes, um, some verses, um, some inspirational stuff, and it's condensed down into email format, which takes five to 10 minutes to read and, and maybe on average a seven minute podcast. Yeah. And it's the daily reflections as Bill sees it just for today, 24 hours, all of those daily readers that, uh, that are around for recovery. And we put all those into one email. So Got it. That's, that's how they're formatted. And they're the same every day as far as the format goes. We just took that format, took the email itself and read it is what happened for the podcast. Now, the Dow podcast is pretty interesting, too. Um, I started studying the Dow Day Ching about a oh, year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. Um, and I was amazed at how it lined up with a higher power in recovery. So I'm still a Christian, but. I've seen so much of how we learn in recovery about a God of our understanding and how that relates to uh, a Taoist thought of God. Mm. Uh, it is so close and it, it works so well and it's so good for people uh, who have a problem with organized religion or the God of that they under the, how they thought God was. So it's really, really good for that. And so I started a meeting in, um, Omar, it was the share community. Now it's the recovery revolution community. And the meeting had such good content that I told, oh, I said, you know, I said, let's just make it into a, a podcast. So yeah. started last June. I think it was November when we, October, November, when we made it into a podcast. So it's doing fantastic. And it's just great content every week. Uh, and anyone that wants to join in the podcast can join the recovery community and they can be on the podcast. So yeah, that's cool. We do, you know, do a zoom meeting and we've got people all over the world that come to that. So it's really good. Uh, they can find that at any, you know, any of their uh, podcast directories too. It's uh, TAO is how you spell Dow. It's a Dow of our understanding recovery podcast. So they can do Dow recovery and find it just fine. Should be able to. So, it's, it's really good content, and it, it, it's just fantastic. I love that, um, you know, all these different ideas we have of God and all these different principles that I learned in AA are universal principles that work no matter what tags or labels that you put on them, yeah. including sponsorship. Yeah, I think that, I, I think that that's a, a, a good point with, the, with God, like, a lot of people can get wrapped up, I feel like, um, in putting a specific face or name or, or, or something on God. When, um, and if that is an issue for anybody, kind of what you're saying is stepping, stepping back and just saying, well, there's something higher. I don't know what it is. I don't have to know exactly what it is, but um, I, I'm not it, number one. <laughs> number two, um, you know, that I, I know, and I know for me, like, that's what helped me to finally stop drinking was just to say, like, I don't got this anymore. Like, I can't do it. Um, I'm not strong enough, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and, and this, it, the other thing I like too, is that you're getting people from all over the world 
together in a community base and you're just having a conversation and you guys are recording it. So um, really, really cool, man. And and I'll be sure uh, to put the, that link in the show notes here too, for those of you out there listening, if you just want to find it there or like, uh, buddy said you can Google or go on iTunes or whatever, dial our understanding. And it's T-A-O. I always thought it was D-O-W, like a, a classic white guy would think. D-O-W, Dow. Yeah. You know, it's not how it sounds. <laughs> how it looks. You know, <clears throat> I was listening to Richard Rohr, and he was talking about in, in Western thought with God, we've, we've thought a lot in, in modern Christianity that our job with our relationship with God is to clean up, clean up our lives, clean up what we're doing rather than wake up. Mm. So our real job is to wake up, not clean up. If we're waking up, the cleanup's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, if we, if we, if we focus on the cleanup part, we're never going to be good enough. We're we're always going to have the separateness when if we're waking up, which if you read the steps, it says as a result of the, we have a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. So the whole goal is a spiritual awakening, no matter how you package it. Yeah. And if you're waking up spiritually, your life's going to clean up. Yeah, I see. So, so you got to, in order, in order to deal with that, clean up mess, keeping my side of the street clean, going back four step, you know, um, uh, forgiveness, all that stuff. First, we have to have a spiritual awakening and and give up control, basically acceptance, all that. You know, and that's that's the big part of uh, what I like about this Taoist idea is it's the first three steps. Yeah, I can't do this. There is a power that's greater than me, and it's really more rather than the power of my understand the God of my understanding is more the God of my misunderstanding because mm. I misunderstand the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And the great thing is I don't have to figure it out. All I have to do is stop trying to figure it out. Mm. Yeah, I, lo- I love uh, the older I get, the less I know. Because, <laughs> man, I had, a, I had a, big, a big issue. And I still actually have this issue, but it's gotten a lot better, and I continue to have to work on it. But, um, you know, trying to know everything and wanting to know everything and getting upset about things that I don't know or I can't figure out or it's frustrating me. Um, and man, it's just so, it's so much easier just now to say, well, I don't know. And I can continue to study and and try to, you know, learn and all that kind of stuff too, but not beating myself up over it. You know, the freedom, Shane, is in realizing it's not up to you to know. Mm. It's not up to you to figure it out. What it's up to you to do is to let go and allow space for God to come in and do this thing for you because it's more really about getting out of the way than it is figuring out what to do. In my life, I found out my problem was I was in the way God was wanting mm. to do all these things and move me in the right direction. But I was in the middle of the way all the time. And what I had to do was once I learned to get out of the way some and the way I do that, is in a situation, well, for example, right now, my motive is to give you what you need in this podcast. It's not for me to look spiritual or some other agenda. I didn't, you know, come and say, hey, let's talk about this and this and this. And I said, what do you need? Right? Right. And I try to approach everything. I try to approach business that way. 
if I'm dealing with a customer or client some way, my first thought, if I'm spiritually minded is what do they need? Service. Help them. Yes. Let me help them with what they need. How can I give them what they need? Then I get what I need. Sure. I don't even know what I need. I know what I want. And a lot of times what I want is not what I need. <laughs> yeah. You know, what? so it's that simple. You know, it's that simplest. I remember one of the first times we talked, you may not remember this. You were all up in yourself about something. I forget what it was. Yeah. I said, hey, man, I said, you're not all that. <laughs> <laughs> and you just stopped. And I said, okay, this is, this is either he's going to accept that and we're going to move forward or he's going to end up on <laughs> <laughs> that's funny man i needed to hear that right yeah, then you know yeah, yeah you know and they said you said uh you're right <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute i'm not that important <laughs> holy shit <laughs> you know the funny thing you know when we can move from director to just doing our part like a play think about a play we all have this part to play when you're playing a part when someone tells you something that's their part to play, you don't get angry about what they tell you. You don't take it personally. You're playing a part, yeah. right? You don't try to rewrite their words, their part to say something different. That's not your job. It's your job to play your part and your part only. Yeah. And you're not controlling it. You're playing the part you're given. So it's the same thing with this. We, we can't be the director. If we're being the director and directing the play and, and rewriting everyone's parts, um, it, it's, it's going to be disastrous. So I, I want to point something out here, too. We've just had a, a quick, you know, five, seven-minute chat here about recovery and about a um, little bit of step work, all that kind of stuff, right? How many times did we mention alcohol there? And I think this is a really good point that, that you point out often when we chat is the only time in, in the steps, at least, where it mentions alcohol is in the first step. And so the, the more that I dive into this and continue on um, in my own little journey, I, and I think I, I, I feel like I talked about this a bit at the conference last week, too, is that it's so much less about me, you know, the drugs, the alcohol, the, the past stupid shit that I did. And, and the tools, which was drugs and alcohol that I used to cope and to deal and to, um, you know, live my life that way and, and even have fun at the same time, too. I had a lot of fun times partying, you know what I mean? Of course. Um, but it's really about learning how to practice all this stuff in my everyday life. Um, and, and that, I think, for me has been one of the biggest uh, uh, challenges, definitely. And, and at the same time, one of the most beautiful things, too. You know, is to be able to to separate that and go, yeah, I got an issue with alcohol, with drugs, yeah, but number one, I'm not going to be so hard on myself like that and say, that's all my issue. I'm only like this because of that. Well, really, no, once I start diving in and doing some work behind it and learning about who I am, it's really helped to, um, to spring me forward in my own journey. You know, we, our job, again, is to wake up, not clean up. Mm. Okay, so... If I'm waking up, I'm working the steps, I'm identifying my character defects, I'm going through, uh, learning how to surrender those things, learning what's behind them. Uh, I was angry all the time. I was angry at myself. I would look in the rearview mirror as I rode down the road and point my finger at me and say, I hate you. Damn. 
I hate you because I couldn't stop drinking. My life was all screwed. Everything mm. I was a, I was, I was a wreck and I hated myself. After I'd been sober about six months, I realized I wasn't doing that anymore. I didn't try to stop. I just didn't need to do that. That anger was gone. Hmm. So if I spend my, I think there was an old uh, comedian, actually, it was a Christian comedian years ago. He said that if you spend your time doing the do's, you won't have time to do the don'ts. Hmm. That's good. And we know that alcohol is a symptom. It's not the problem. Yeah. Our problem is lack of connectivity to our higher power. That's our problem. So yeah. when we get that connection back, we get rid of that um, uh, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear enough that we get that connection. Then we work on the connections around us, the horizontal connections with other people through eight and nine. Then we maintain that and continue every day. To The question to ask is not how can I clean up, it's what can I do today to wake up spiritually more? What can yeah. I, what am I doing today, first of all, to wake up spiritually? And then what can I add to that? What, what, what's feeding me and how can I do more of that? Because my success, my peace and joy that I'm looking for is in waking up and living a spiritual life, not all these other things that we thought it was. Just like, just like we thought alcohol was our problem, we think things are going to make us happy. Yeah. Things are not our problem. Things are not going to make us happy either. I think that's why we see so, we see so many people, and you would think that have all the money, um, all the stuff. I guess what you know, whatever it pick a thing. Stuff could be anything, but they have it, and at the same time, um, they could still be very unhappy. And I think that's a good example of if if we're not in that state, um, stuff is just stuff. We don't come into the world with it. And we sure as shit don't leave with it. So um, that love, man, that's what I'm trying to trying to roll with. But it's he, he difficult. Who die, yeah, he who dies with the most toys dies. You know, he doesn't mm -hmm. win. He dies. <laughs> yeah, you're dead. Yeah, you know, and all those things create separateness. You know, we're all connected. We're all part of this big body. So when I hurt someone, I'm hurting me. It's just like if you took. And this, you took your right hand and you said, you know, I'm going to hurt my left hand. Well, you can't hurt, you couldn't cut your left hand with your right hand without hurting yourself. You're hurting mm. yourself. Yeah. It sounds so strange to even say that. That's crazy that someone would think that. But when we hurt other people, we're doing the same thing because that's a mirror. We, we, that's why with forgiveness, what does the Lord's Prayer say? It says um, that, uh, that we, we're forgiven as we forgive others. So yeah. it's about the way we forgive other people and we see that in our life. So it's all about this. And anytime that we're separate, uh, like talking about pride or ego or, or uh, things, then we're separating ourselves from everyone else. We're better than, or we do the same thing if we say we're less than yeah. we're separating, you know? So, uh, and the way that we get that connectivity, um, is is by thinking of them other than us you know how can we inject love into this situation how how can how can we uh, be part of the solution instead of the problem all those different ways we say it but it all comes back to service in the end right? it really does it all goes comes back to me being concerned about you yeah whereas before i could give two shits about <laughs> i'm all about me 
That's it. What do, I, what do I want? What do I need? You've did this to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, that attitude is so toxic. Personal. Yeah, everything's per- That's a really good way to put it, actually. Yeah, everything's personal. So no matter what happens, what somebody does, and then, and then what's birthed out of that? That victim mentality, that victim attitude. Now I walk around with that victimhood. More you know, separate. Man. More, more separate. Hmm. Man, I got some bad congestion. Yeah, man, it's been rolling this morning really, really bad. Please excuse me, man. Some green, green stuff coming up there. <laughs> I know that there is a mute button, Shane. You know that. Right? No, I know, I know. I, yeah, well, yeah. I guess now that you say that, I know. I didn't think about it. <laughs> I remember one. I remember one podcast. I don't remember what it was, but someone had sent me a message on. I just, I had just hocked one up and just spit it right on the floor here, right in the middle of the show. You know, I don't know. Um, let's get to some of these questions, man. Let's do that. uh, yeah, that's a good. <laughs> I think that's a good moment to transition here. Um, so a couple of these first come, come from a couple of the homies and they're just comments. I wanted to give them a little shout, little shout out here. Uh, the first one comes from Zach, uh, it, uh, uh, and it's Z dot snav S N A V on Instagram. If you want to give him a follow, he's got a badass Instagram account. Uh, and Zach actually is, uh, uh, is out, uh, in the middle East and he's working, um, like a badass man shooting bows. Um, I, you know, just doing some really, really cool stuff. And uh, he's a good dude, follows the show for a while, so I appreciate the support from him. Just want to give him a little love. He just said, I'm behind a few episodes, love the podcast, and looking forward to finding a sponsor answer. So with that, I want to say, you know, I I don't know, uh, and we talked a little bit about this in the beginning, buddy. We definitely don't have all the answers, but we, um, you know, we want to give our opinions and personal experience, and hopefully, you know, hopefully through that, someone might hear something that that helps them. So that's really the goal. And uh, uh, Zach, I appreciate it, man. Uh, The the other one comes from um, uh, from Chris at uh, Holistic Sobriety. Uh, Been on the podcast a few episodes ago. Um, I can't remember which one, two fifty something, maybe. He's got the Holistic Sobriety um, program, which is amazing. So check that out. He said, big up, Shane. You got that PMA, positive mental attitude. I love hearing that. So thank you for, for the support, man, trying to keep that attitude rolling. Um, and I think me and Chris, we had some, uh, 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 some requests to do a podcast strictly about sugar. And I think we're going to hopefully try to talk a little bit about that today. But just really focus and dial in on the sugar aspect because – um, I know for me, that's been a huge struggle coming in and trying to, uh, to, to stay sober about what I'm putting into my body with regard to sugar and sweets. And um, I know it's an issue for a lot of people. So look for that, hopefully coming soon. And me and Chris will get that set up. The first question we have here comes from Bryce. Uh, and Bryce says, hey, Shane, big fan of the podcast. Went through 19 months of sobriety before relapsing and going back out for five. On my first attempt, I white knuckled it. I went to a weekly meeting and listened to the podcast. This time around, I want to do it right and get a sponsor and work the steps, which is great. I've been having some trouble reaching out to someone from my area to sponsor me. I know you mentioned a couple of times you went through a non-traditional route in finding a sponsor. Wondering if you could point me in the right direction. Any advice is appreciated. And then <laughs> this last night I thought was funny. Um, you know, keep it up, love your work, keep your blood clean, especially from those cherry pies. And I, yes, I'm, I, I don't think I've eaten a cherry pie in a while, which is great. So appreciate that. But so um, we get this question a lot, you know, how do I find a sponsor? Um, do I need to do it the traditional way? I think is what Bryce said. 
Uh, so, I mean, where, where do we start with that, buddy? I mean, you and I have a, a unique relationship, kind of how we found each other or how you found me or I found you. I'm not, not quite sure exactly how that happened again. Um, but you have a lot of sponsees. You have a sponsor yourself. I mean, what's, what's your take on it? Well, first of all, you mentioned um, about me having a sponsor. I would not have a sponsor who did not have a sponsor himself. Mm. So that's it's it's important that you always have in my thinking you always have a well no matter what tag let's just say now that I'm going to say sponsor but it could be an accountability partner it could yeah. be someone who is your mentor and someone who goes before you is in my opinion it's better that's been there already because their job uh, in my thinking is to share their experience to really never give advice always share their experience on how they did it. That's how my sponsor does with me. I mean, he's a, he's a retired consultant. He knows, he, he knows a lot. He thinks he knows a lot more than he really does, but he thinks he knows everything. <laughs> but when it comes to recovery, he never does that. He yeah. says, well, this is what I did. And if it's something he doesn't know about, he'll say, Hmm. You know, my sponsor has some experience with that. Let me talk to him about that and see what he did. Yeah. I mean, this is a real intelligent guy that could spout out advice about all kinds of things. But he does not do that for that simple reason that that's not his job in recovery to give me advice. Yeah. It's just to tell me how he did it. And if he tells me how he did it, then I can gather from that whether that's something that I'm going to, you know, do or not or, or how I should respond. So I, I think I think that's a great point, and, and I've never really realized or thought of it like this as far as a, a tip would go. So I think it's fair to say, and just you saying that, if you're actively seeking a sponsor, um, as you start to work with somebody or when you're kind of feeling it out, look for somebody who's going to share their experience and not tell you what to do. Nobody fucking wants to be told what to do. You know, excuse, excuse my F word. I'm trying, I, I always say I'm trying to stop saying the F word, but then I continue to say it. So I'm just going to stop saying I'm trying to stop saying it because it, it falls out sometimes. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to be told what to do. You don't want to be told what to do. Like most of the time when people try to tell me what to do, I'm going to do the exact opposite. Uh, Cause I'm, you know, a hard headed guy like that. Um, so I think that's, I think that's a great place to start. You know, people say, to that you're attracted to a sponsor that has what you want. Uh, I would definitely be someone who had the sobriety I wanted, not necessarily someone that was exactly like me. Mm. But if you look, if they have peace and joy, they're handling life in a way that you want to handle life, then that would be a person that you might consider. Um, another way to look at that, if you see someone you don't quite know, you hear them talk in a meeting and you, you don't know whether it's someone you'd want for a sponsor, uh, I, I would definitely have a sponsor who had the same uh, addictions that I had. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't get a, a meth head for um, a guy that was recovered from meth as a sponsor for me. I'd get an alcoholic. If he wasn't an alcoholic, uh, he wouldn't have the same experience yeah. that I need. So that's, that's one thing for sure, uh, that, 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 that's what I would, that's what I look for if I'm looking for a sponsor. Uh, the other thing too, 
you know, we, we come into recovery. For me, I came into AA. It took six years, but I finally learned how to surrender enough to where I could start staying sober. Mm. So after that, I want to turn around and look for a sponsor and take that back and do it mentally and in my own power when I'm stopping to drink outside of my own power through a surrender. So really looking for a sponsor could be one of my first times of surrendering something other than my alcohol. Uh, I see. Because, you know, step 12 tells us that we learn to practice this in all of our affairs. So one of the first things we could, we could do this in is finding the sponsor relationship that we need. So I would just surrender it. I'd say, okay, I surrender my need for a sponsor. God, I don't know. I'm powerless over finding the right sponsor. I have no idea what I need. And I just surrender it, and I'm just going to keep my eyes open. I'm going to go to me. I'm going to look around the places I look for recovery and see who I see that could be my sponsor and just be open. What, what, about, what about this, too? Um, it doesn't have to be perfect right off of the bat. You know, it may, maybe, that's, maybe that's not going to be, you know, the first person you pick is going to be your long-term sponsor. The, the, the point to it is, is to get somebody who can be, uh, hold you accountable as you start to work the steps, as you start to work a program, as you start to get dialed in. So, you know, I just want to say I, I had a couple of, of, of sponsors before Buddy and I started working together. Uh, they didn't work out and, and it was, you know, it was to my own doing. I, I wasn't ready at that time, you know, but at least I was trying at least to, uh, um, to have somebody there. So I think that's a good point too. It doesn't have to be perfect right off the bat, but as long as you're doing it, that's what matters and you're surrendering to it. You know, and one great way to do that is ask someone to be your temporary sponsor. Mm. And then if someone asks me to sponsor them and I don't know for sure, I'll say, well, I'll be your temporary sponsor until we see if this is a good fit. And if it's a good fit, then we can move, you know, we can move forward, what, whatever we need to do. Or if you find someone you feel is a better fit, just let me know, you know? Yeah. Just go that route. And, and sponsorship is never a permanent thing either. It's always okay to change sponsors. And people outgrow sponsors and, and relationships change and, you know, my sponsor's uh, sponsor just passed away. That's the second one he is buried. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, th these things happen. I've had three sponsors. I'm on my third sponsor in 16 years. Hmm. And they one moved, so I got a different one. Then I, uh, I kind of outgrew my second one. He was kind of stagnant, and he didn't really work the steps with me. It was, it was kind of an odd thing. And I moved on to the sponsor I have now. So those relationships change and we don't, we, I needed those guys at those times. I want to, I want to jump back into about the, the, um, the title or the label. I know. Um, and even for me, I struggled with this. Um, definitely at first a bit with putting a label on it. You already kind of mentioned that it doesn't have to be a sponsor. You could say mentor, accountability partner, Whatever it is, you don't have to put a label on something. Um, it, it's more it's more about doing the act of of the accountability, right? I, I think there's a couple of elements to sponsorship. One is accountability. Two is someone who has what you want mm. 
And I think three would be someone who's further along in whatever program it is that you're working. Mm. So let's say you were doing AA. Well, or Celebrate Recovery has steps too. Um, the, the saying is, if they're one step ahead of you, then they could be your sponsor. Got it. So as long as they're ahead in the program and they have what you want, those are the things that I would look for in a sponsor if I was looking for one. That, that was uh, one. So the second guy that I had uh, as a sponsor, um, it, it wasn't very long. Um, we were working the steps one day, and I think I had had, I don't know, maybe a year and a half at the time or something, and I found out he only had five months sober. And I didn't know at first. I thought he'd been in the program for a couple of years. Um, and so, you know, and I, and I think uh, if I'm all honest here, I kind of use that as an excuse to, to bail out because I, I just didn't really want to have a sponsor at that time, even though I knew I should. Um, but in, in my defense, that was something that I was like, whoa, that's kind of weird. Like I got a year and a half, but this guy's only got five months. Um, I, I felt like I needed somebody definitely who had a little bit more time than I did um, and, and experience. You, you know, the, the important thing that I look at is do they have something that I want that I don't have? And sometimes yeah. the person with five months may have that. Hmm. So you, as you ha get more time and sobriety, you're not going to always have a sponsor that has more. Ideally you would want that, you know, but yeah. that's not always the case. I'm sponsoring a guy right now that has 28 years and I've got 10. Hmm. Um, you know, I started AA uh, six years prior to that. So I've got 10 years now and he's got 28 or 29. And he asked me to sponsor him because uh, there were some things he wanted that I had. So, yeah. you know, he was having some difficulty uh, living the program. Yeah. So that happens. That happens. You know, it's just being open, being sure. open to that. Uh, but, but it's, it's all about this, this waking up though, Shane, the whole question is how do I surrender this, including the other parts of life and surrendering that sponsor sponsee relationship is a huge part. As a matter of fact, would you mind just sharing how we got together? Because that's a great example of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It, it's a, it's a really good example and it just happened, man. And that, that's why earlier I said, I can't even, can't even put a finger on it because I don't think there was an exact, it wasn't mapped out. It was, I think you sent me an email. I think you said, I think you said you had heard a podcast I did. This was probably maybe two years in, roughly two years in for me, for my recovery in about a year and a half of the podcast. Um, you had heard a, a show that I did and you could tell in my voice that, um, that, I, that I was struggling. And so I think you'd, you'd shot me over an email um, I had known a little bit that you had worked with O, or at least you had been on O's um, podcast, at the, to share podcast at the time. And so, yeah, I mean, you shot me an email. We just kind of started chatting. It was never a thing of like, I'm trying to be your sponsor on your end or me. I need you to be my sponsor. It was never anything like that. We just started building a friendship, a relationship and working together, um, you know, in, in recovery uh, and, and talking, man. And that's really how it came about. Very organic and very real. Organic is the word I would put on it. And I think that's the way it's always supposed to work. Yeah. Um, I emailed you. Uh, I just heard something I, and I just knew I needed to email you about it. You know, it was a, and you were just felt, I could just tell you were just overwhelmed. 
yeah. what was going on, you know. So I just emailed you, and then you responded, and we got to talking. Yep. And it just evolved from there. Nothing that was contrived, no agenda, you know, all purely, how can I help Shane? I think I need to contact him. Hmm. You know? Yeah, it's crazy, so man. You know? But, yeah, but that's I, how it's always supposed to work. Well, so with that, buddy, comes a lot. I think of laying down expectations too, right? No matter what it is. So when we're setting these expectations about things, and then more than half the time, I know for me, they never work out like I expected them to. I my 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 visions are usually a lot more grandiose than than what you know it ends up being. Uh, so I'm setting myself up for disaster versus not setting those expectations. It, and I'm talking about whatever situation it is, it could be anything. And just going into it with the act of simplicity, and I'm here to do this, and that's it, whether it's service or whatever it is. Um, that's been a really great way for me to kind of approach every day. And I don't do it perfect by any means all the time at all, 100%. Um, you know, but when I do do it, I'm able to recognize it and go, man, that's it right there. That's how I need to continue to strive for, you know? That effortless effort. Yeah, effortless effort. Yeah, that's good. It's that it's effort, but it's in an easy, non-contrived, non-forced way. Yeah. And that's what I really think this whole walk is about, is learning how to walk in that. And that's the waking up. Yeah. That's the waking up. The waking up to the fact that, you know, my life is enriched by enriching yours not by getting more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That you know, seems that, right. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, that's it. And it's so simple. But, uh, so you have some questions that we did. Yeah. So I, no, yeah, I have, I still have quite a few. So let's, let's okay. move on. Let, let me give a quick uh, feed or a quick uh, recap here for Bryce and for all those out there listening on sponsorship. There was kind of four takeaways here and buddy, feel free to add or, add any more if I miss one. But so when finding a sponsor, a couple points here, look for someone who shares the, their experience, not gives advice. Number one, number two, accountability. And these aren't in any particular order, by the way, accountability. Um, that's huge. Somebody look for somebody who has what you want, something that you see that they're, that, that they, that they, that they're doing the way they're living, whatever it is that you want. Uh, and then this one, we kind of, we kind of talked a little bit about, um, it could go either way, but m most of the time, someone who's further along than you are, uh, whether that's in time or experience, step work, whatever it is, um, uh, that, that's always helpful too. So I think those were four of the points I got. Was there anything else that you thought of? We have a, we're getting a trend here of people sponsoring each other, mm. like two people sponsoring each other. Really? I've never heard of that. Well, I don't really, I don't, I don't think that would work for me. Yeah. Part of a sponsorship relationship is being able to, is the respect to a sponsor that if they ask you to do something or suggest you do something, um, you do it. It's an accountability kind of thing. Yeah. Like, for example, with you, I said, well, I have to go to a meeting every week, Shane. Uh, to stay sober, and you said, "Well, I, you know, I'm blah blah blah. You know, you were busy." <laughs> I said, "Okay, we'll talk about it next week." Next week, uh, hey, what meetings are you making? 
well, I'm doing the pot, I'm doing this, you know, and yeah. I really felt strongly that, it, you know, I have to go to meetings to say, to stay sober. So I would think Shane would need a meeting to stay sober too. You know? Yeah. And so that was my, that's as close as I get to advice. And you started go, actually, someone that had a problem with alcohol came to you and you ended up at a meeting to help them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And then you got in your CR and some other, but you started going to meetings. If you would have said, oh, well, screw that. I'm, I don't need to go to a meeting. Yeah. And never went to another meeting. Our relationship would have dwindled yeah. away. And then, and then you found out that I had about 18 meetings within a 50 foot radius of my house at three different churches. I had no excuse. Damn it. Hey, so if you don't mind, uh, I think that's a really good point about re respecting uh, your mentor, your sponsor, whatever, whatever you prefer to call it, but having that respect and then on, on, on your end, uh, being able to suggest, share your experience um, and or organically be patient, you know, but at the same time have these um, somewhat expectations, I guess. Parameters. Uh, really. Parameters, yeah, in, in order to uh, continue to progress. But tell the beard story real quick. I love that story. Oh, I've got two good ones. I'll tell you. Okay, yeah. Let's uh, throw them out there. Beard story. I had a I had a friend of mine who asked a guy to be, and this was an old time sponsor. He was a kind of an old mainline kind of AA guy. And the guy had a beard uh, that was look the sponsee. He was asked this guy to be a sponsor. He said, "Well, go shave your beard." He said, "What?" He said, "Why do I need to shave my beard for you to be my sponsor?" He said, "Well, if you want me to be your sponsor, go shave your beard." <laughs> So he said, okay. So he shaved his beard and came back to a meeting later that week. He says, okay, I shave. He says, okay, you can grow it back. Said, what? He said, I did that because I wanted to know if you would follow directions or not. You'll do what I ask you to do. Okay. Well, then you can. Oh, and the same guy. It's the same guy. Kept doing business with his brother. This was years later. Kept doing business with his brother. This is one of my favorite, favorite stories ever right here. And he said, uh, and he, and the sponsor said, you know, I, I would quit doing business with my brother because he kept screwing you. You know, he says, I just stopped doing business with him. You know, but he kept doing business and kept complaining, kept doing it, kept complaining. One day his sponsor told him, he said, uh, uh, do you have a gun? <laughs> and, he, and the sponsor, he said, yeah, do you think I should kill myself? And he says, no, shoot me. I'm tired of hearing this. <laughs> over and over. Huh? Over. So he, uh, he quit mentioning it to his sponsor. But he wasn't taking it. He wasn't taking uh, the. Uh, the he wasn't taking his advice. Yeah. The you know, or his suggestion, I guess. Yeah. Ever how you want to tag it. You know? Yeah. But, um, another, another part of that, too, is no sponsor is perfect. Mm. And you have to have enough respect for a sponsor that, it's okay for you when they do things in, an, in what you think is an imperfect way. Hmm. Every sponsor I have has done things that I thought were wrong. Not like major things, yeah. but, but little things that I thought if I, if that was my sponsee, I would be mentioning those things that I was seeing. I mean, even though there were little things, you know, it's things that, you know, you would mention, say, Hey, why are you doing that? If it were me, that's not something that would be part of my recovery walk, you know? Yeah. Um, it would just maybe ways they were handling things or different, just, just stuff, you know, just yeah. a lot in general. Um, 
and you've got to realize that your sponsor is going to make mistakes and your sponsor is never going to do this thing perfect. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times a sponsor will do things in a different way than you think is appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And you have to have enough respect for the sponsor that you don't go in and try to correct the sponsor. Hmm. And I have that respect for my sponsor. He's done things I thought were not the way to handle it, but it's none of my business. I'm not his sponsor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. You know, so, so you have to have that kind of, there's a little bit of separation there, sure. but no one's going to, and that's one of the first things I tell guys when I go to sponsor them is, Hey, I am going to make mistakes. I am going to be imperfect. I'm going to do things that you think are wrong. You're going to have to accept that. Hmm. Without telling me that I'm doing yeah. it wrong. <laughs> it's, not, it's really <laughs> yeah. none of their business because they're not my sponsor. Yeah. That's funny, man. I love it. You know, I mean, really, that's the kind of lines you have to. Yeah. You know, well, that's those parameters. That's those kind of parameters that we're talking about. It's kind of a basic outline. Now, now. Etiquette. If my sponsor went and drank or did something like really extreme, we're talking about little things. Yeah. Little yeah, things, yeah. You know. Now, another point is normally you have, uh, if you're a man, you get a male sponsor. Mm. If you were gay, you would get a straight sponsor. Uh, I have a gay sponsee um, hmm. move now and I don't see him too often. But he said he had to have a straight sponsor because he had always end up in bed with gay with a gay. Sponsor. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. So oh. it'd be like you know us having a woman sponsor or us sponsor yeah. a woman, you know that kind of thing. So so you kind of want to eliminate any even the most minute chance of any uh, sexual attraction or relationship attraction, anything like that. You have to because you get so close. You learn you learn things about the person that no one else knows a lot of times. You yeah. know secrets that no one, even their spouses, don't know. Yeah. So with that kind of intimacy, you don't need to muddy the water with any kind of sexual issues. Sure. Because it'd be so easy to cross that line if you were already so close in ways that you're not close with anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, I'm just looking at time here and I'm like, holy shit, it's, we've already, you know, we're already an hour in, uh, and I still wow. got, uh, I know that went, that let's, went pull it through. let's just, well, and, I, and I want, and I wanted to, you know, that's, I wanted to spend some time on that anyway. So that kind of was the plan here, but, um, I also wanted to spend some time a little bit on, on dry, on dry drunks. And we're going to get to that in just a second. Uh, this next question, uh, comes from my homeboy, Ryan and, and Ryan and I have known each other since you know, for a long, long time. Um, and I uh, just want to encourage him to, to keep plugging away and keep going, man. Uh, but he says, when, when do you find a sponsor? And, and do you need to have at least 30 days sober to have a sponsor? No, I think you need a sponsor as quickly as possible. Yeah. So there's no that accountability immediately. Mm -hmm. You could get a on the first day, right? You could get a sponsor your first day if you if you wanted to. Even if you're in and out, I was in and out for six years and had a sponsor that entire time. Mm. I think I was about a month in before I found a sponsor. And then I stayed, the same guy stayed with me up until my first year of sobriety. And wow. that took a full seven years. So he was my sponsor for those first. He moved just when I was getting my one-year chip. 
Yeah. So he was with me for seven years and he stayed with me the whole time and different sponsors do things differently. Like I know sponsors, if they're sponsy drinks, they'll fire them and say, you can't, I won't be your sponsor if you're drinking. Yeah. This guy, he would meet with me and say, okay, now that, you know, now that you're, he wouldn't talk to me. I wouldn't call him if I was drinking, but I would drink for a week or a couple of days or, you know, and then come back. I did that continually for six years. I just could not, not drink when the, when the cravings got so much. I just, I didn't know how to surrender. Yeah. And so we even worked through the steps in those six years. We did all these things, but I had not fully surrendered. So that, that was in hindsight. That's what I was missing. But he worked with me the whole time. He'd meet me for breakfast, say, okay, what are we going to do different now? You know, that kind of thing. So uh, it's important as quickly as possible that you meet up with someone who can start helping you navigate sobriety. Cool. First day, number one, get after it. Um, the next message comes from a uh, message. The next message comes from Dante. Uh, Dante said, yo, I just want to thank you for sharing your struggles with cherry pies. I'm almost a year into recovery and I have a major problem with ice cream and sweets uh, at night when the defenses are down. Um, lots of justification here. I'm not partying, so I deserve this shit, but I feel, uh, then I feel shitty after the binge session. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've been there with rolled tacos and cupcakes and cherry pies. Man, it's like a, this form for me of self-destruction, so I totally, totally feel you there. Um, I know a lot of other po folks have the same problem. Uh, cool to hear your take on it. Uh, thanks. Grateful for your stuff. So, um, buddy, I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, have you struggled with that a bit? Do you have anybody that you've worked with who struggled with it? What do you I think? have, and I do struggle with that. I've, I've read a lot. Um, I'm, I'm diabetic too, so it's never good for me to eat any kind of sweets i have to manage my insulin and my sugar levels so mm. it, it's not good but i um uh, i found that i keep boiled eggs in the refrigerator and when i have a craving i'll pop an egg mm. and if i can wait a few minutes a lot of times that will take care of the craving uh then I, I also i'm sorry can i put chocolate on the egg no i might need some chocolate or like something uh, sweet also cottage cheese and fresh fruit i'll eat that or I even keep whey protein like you do mm. with whey protein shakes. And I'll yeah. take a little, a little uh, cup of the protein and just eat the protein. <laughs> <laughs> just, straight. Really bothering me, just straight protein, you know, just straight whey protein. That's better than me gorging on chocolate. Yeah. Then I tell my wife, I said, I'm going to eat all evening. Let's go have sex so I can go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that gets me a little more sex sometimes too. <laughs> oh man, that's funny, man. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've been trying peanut butter, like natural peanut butter. That one helps. Like, see, and that's the thing the, the the limits of stuff. So it's not so much, um, what we're eating too, well, you know, to some extent it is, but it's more about how much we're eating. So uh, too much of anything is going to be bad, whether it's peanut you know, butter. Or, you know, when I, when I buy the ice cream, I throw the lid away because I'm going to eat the whole thing. <laughs> Immediately, trash. I'm slamming this gallon right now. Or half I only buy a quart at a time is all I buy. Yeah. And uh, so that whole thing is I've learned just to avoid it and try to, you know, not right now. Use the same. And, and the thing is, it's not life-threatening. So yeah. it's more difficult for me to surrender to the point 
alcohol was killing me and making me miserable. So uh, sugar does to an extent, but I'm, I'm learning how to surrender that. I can say for me, one thing that has been helping a lot is not being so hard on myself about it. And in addition to that, um, I've been getting some really, really intense, badass workouts in, in the last month, in a little over a month now. And so for me to go, and I've been going four, four days a week. So for me to go um, get my ass kicked at a workout and then come home and eat like shit, I won't do it because I just literally got my ass kicked and I'm like, dude, I'm not going to go mess that up. Um, that's been helping out quite a bit more and more, you know, than it has, uh, in the past along, um, with just being conscious of what I mean. Like last night, like I, the kids and I just was working. Um, we, we, uh, we went and got some, uh, some dinner and afterwards they wanted to go get some froyo. Dad, we want to get froyo and get all the sprinkles and fro frozen yogurt. Right. So we go to this little shop and I got a little bit of frozen yogurt, man. I put some little cheesecake stuff in there. I didn't get a whole bunch of it. I got a little bit. Um, and I was cool with that. You know what I mean? And I, I no felt cookie like, dough. No you cookie dough. Any cookie dough on it? <laughs> no cookie dough. I think, and I think what I do is I put a layer of cookie dough on the bottom before I put it in. <laughs> then, I put the, then I put put cookie dough on top. Then I cover it and top it. <laughs> that sounds delicious. <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, as you can tell, we don't have the answers for this kind of stuff. Like, I think that's a good thing too. Like, um, this is an ongoing struggle for me. Uh, like a lot of people out there, it sounds buddy like it is for you too. It is. Uh, it we is. just got to keep at it. It's all surrender. It's good. All these areas of life. It's not about us knowing it's about us accepting that we don't know. Yeah. Leaving that's room good. for the answer to show itself. Yeah. In everything the sponsorship business, everything. It's the same. It's the same answer. We're one solution. People used to alcohol is my solution for everything. Now this surrender to a higher power is my solution. Got it. I don't know Got what it. to do. Okay. Well, let me surrender this. Let me let go of this. And the right answer will show itself if I surrender and stay out of the way. Yeah. What, so we, we also, we had another comment from, a. uh, uh, uh on Instagram from a guy named Grant. And I wanted to mention here too, he was just kind of giving a little feedback, but one of the points he made was he could totally relate to relationship with sugar and junk food. Um, it's a new, he says it's a new realization and he started putting effort into step work on this topic and it's helping. So I think that's kind of a good point to what you're saying. Surrender a lot of the same principles as if it were alcohol, we're applying that same thing to sweets, to whatever the uh, addiction work is. Work the steps, work the steps on it. I, yeah. Actually, I know someone in OA that I'll pray for when I want to mm -hmm. overeat like that. If I want to have my sugar, I'll actually stop and pray for that person. Yeah. That's a way I can give to that person just like I would for helping and encouraging an alcoholic. Because they said nothing works like work with another drunk when you want to drink. Yeah. God, please help me not eating this whole cake right now. Please. Well, but this is the thing, though. That prayer, I don't want to say that prayer won't work, but you're not bringing, any, you're not bringing anyone else into it. Because it's about me. It's about you. It's about me. Yeah, exactly. It's only helping you. How can you help someone else in that? Yeah. yeah. That's the magic. 
Let's uh, let's let's move on and talk about dry drunks real quick. So um, this comes from Jacqueline, and then also uh, uh, another guy, Mike, also asked about this. So we had uh, a couple of questions regarding relationships, um, dealing with somebody who's a dry drunk, uh, and you know you, you want them to change, get help, whatever. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, I guess first, what is a dry drunk, buddy, in your opinion? In my opinion, a dry drunk would be someone who has just taken alcohol out of their life and is not working any type of program hmm. at all. So they're just miserable because they can't drink. They don't have any kind of relief from their selfishness, their dishonesty, their resentment, their fear. They're angry, probably. They're just miserable all in themselves. You know, it's all about them. They haven't learned any of the principles that we learn in recovery about how to, how to wake up. Yeah. They're trying to clean up, not wake up. Mm. Back there to it that. is. See how, see how those little, those little uh, nuggets get dropped organically? I love that. Yeah, trying to wake up and, or trying to clean up and not wake up. Yeah, they're just cleaning up. And they can't do it. It's impossible, in my opinion, for me it was, to clean up without a spiritual awakening. Because that's what I was after anyway. Well, that, that, that also goes back to the front of our conversation, too, about how less it is about alcohol and how more it, this thing is about practicing these principles in all of our affairs and everything that we're doing. So, yeah, I can cut out alcohol. That's fine. But if I'm not actually working to, to better myself and understand myself, learn about myself, service, all the stuff that comes along with working a program, uh, I'm going to stay that same bitter, old, uh, angry, resentful person, even though I've cut out a lot of that alcohol. And that's a tough thing for somebody to deal with out there. And I don't think that, um, you know, I, I think it goes back to if you're in a relationship like that, how do you um, help somebody? And you, and you really can't, right? I mean, you, you can't really help anybody except um, by loving on them, right? That's what we talk about a lot. I feel like that's it. Because but how do you love somebody that you're pissed off at or who's being an asshole? <laughs> well, first of all, you take back, in my opinion, what I try to do is is take back the ability for them to piss me off. Mm. Because if if they piss me off, it's by choice of my end. True. Because if I'm disturbed, there's something in me that needs to change, not in them. It's always me. Yeah. So I can change, I can submit, surrender, work, do some fourth step, whatever it is I need to do, which I would do with my sponsor, run it by my sponsor. Uh, me and you've talked about this. I have a son that uh, um, didn't go to college and it, I was angry about it. Uh, and I couldn't figure out how to get rid of this anger because I masked it, masked it in um, being, you know, he's wasting his opportunity. He was star student. Yeah. Uh, you know, all these things. And I could not get over this anger. I kept surrendering it, but I was still angry with him. And I talked to my sponsor about it. And I said, hey, I said, I'm angry at my son about not going to school. And when we started digging down under that, really what it was, was I was angry because he was embarrassing me mm. by not going to school. So it was back to Back me. to you. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So, so it, and once I surrendered that pride and that ego, the anger went away. Well, here, and so, angry at him. and here, here's something that I'm, that I'm thinking about 
with that too, if, if you're in a relationship with somebody who is a, you know, dry drunk or however you want to put it, um, what can you do? What can you do to change your situation? Just like you're saying, you know, I can let somebody piss me off. Well, what am I doing as a person um, to, to deal with this myself? I'm, now I'm putting off, well, they're not doing what they need to do. They're a dry drunk. They're angry. They're resentful. What, well, what is my part in that? And what can I do? Can I go to, can I go to uh, CR? Can I go to Al-Anon? Can I go get some help and, and learn and teach myself, do a step study myself? That I don't have to be an alcoholic or an addict to, to do that and start learning some of these things and how to deal and how to cope with that. I really like that, that idea. You, you know, uh, I believe that God is love. Hmm. So if I am loving someone, I am sharing God with them. I don't have to say the word God. I don't have to preach to them. I don't have to share a particular message. What I have yeah. to do is love them. And if I inject love into a relationship, into a situation, then that relationship and situation is going to get better because I'm injecting God into that relationship or that situation. So yeah. the question isn't how can I fix them? It's how can I love them? If you start from there and ha and honestly want to love them, you will see how to do that. It will just appear out of nowhere, and you're like, "Wow, my wife." I'll give this quick example. I know we're rushed on. If you need, we got two. No, it's cool. We got we got two questions left. We're good. We got about five about five minutes. Okay, my my wife. I always did nice things for her. Made her coffee and all this stuff, you know, and did extra stuff I really didn't have to do. But I was doing it from a place of, you know, she's my wife. I need to do nice things for her, which is a good place to be. I wasn't angry. I wasn't, you know. But one day I decided when I started learning all this, I said, you know, I want to do that from love. So when I would make her a cup of coffee, I said, you know, I'm making her a cup of coffee because I love her. I'm doing this because I love her. It wasn't a week later. She said, something's changed in you. Hmm. I said, what? She said, well, I don't know, but there's something different, you know. And my actions were exactly the same. As a matter of fact, I was doing less because I just didn't think I had to yeah. <laughs> when I moved up to love, you know? Yeah. And it was just, it, she was seeing that. So it's, it's about this, this coming from a place of love changes things way yeah. beyond what we can do within our own intellect or in our own knowing. Yeah, that's good. And I like that you said it. it didn't feel like I was doing anything because I, I was in, you're enjoying doing it. It's coming from a good place rather from a place of um, duty, or duty. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, cool, man. Let's, uh, let, let's move on. We got two left. And I, I think that uh, definitely the second one, uh, and I'm going to read it any, anyways, uh, but I think it has a lot to do with a lot of stuff we talked about, but maybe we'll touch on it and then we'll close this thing out. Uh, this next one comes from Pam, though, uh, and, and uh, Pam says, is there any type of treatment program that's just as rewarding as an outpatient program without having to take time off of work? Also, what can I expect when I get into a particular type of program? I've decided I'm going to do it, but I also want to know how it might affect my regular world for that time period. <laughs> it's a lot of couple questions in there. Um, well, let's start, let's start real quick with the first one. Is there a treatment program that's just as rewarding as outpatient without having to take time off of work? There's plenty of 12 step meetings all over the place. 
Um, you can go to thatsilverguy.com. You can click on the help tab. And I put the meeting finders for AANA, uh, Celebrate Recovery, uh, I think Refuge Recovery is on there. Uh, so you can find a meeting in your area uh, right off the bat. Um, any, thing any, yeah, any thoughts, buddy? Yeah. <coughs> a lot of times you, you, you have clubhouses for AA meetings. If she's, ta I'm gonna, I'm, if she's talking about alcohol, uh, you have clubhouses. You have meetings are like churches. You know, if you're, if you're looking for a church, you move into a community, you'll go to different churches and see where you fit. Well, meetings are a lot that way. No matter what kind of meeting you're talking about, you might have to go to several different meetings to find one that speaks to you, you know, one where you fit in, just like, you know, other community things. Now, I have found, especially when I travel, I like church meetings best mm. because you seem to have healthier people at church meetings. So, especially a lady looking for a meeting, I would start with any church if they had, if, if it was AA if there's any church meetings in her area that meet at a church, because a lot yeah. of meetings do meet at a church, those seem to be healthier meetings. Sometimes in clubhouses, they have good meetings, but sometimes they have some real unhealthy meetings too. They're so, kind of clicky. Could they be clicky sometimes? Well, sometimes, yeah, just different things. You know, yeah. it just depends on when the meeting is, where it is, you know, all those type things. But church meetings for me seem to do best. Uh, that, that's, that's where I start. She also said, uh, what can I expect when I do get into a particular program? There's two things that, that are coming to mind for me. Um, expect to be loved. I know that I was loved on a lot and continue to do so at any meeting. And then I also can expect, um, that I'm the worst person judging me. Nobody's judging me except me most of the time. I'm like my own worst enemy. I think, you know, I'm going to be judged or whatever. It's usually up in my own head. Um, I would just say expect to be loved and supported. Uh, I've met some of the most amazing people at meetings. So um, uh, that's my take on that. Also, a lot of times when you're in a recovery, uh, she, she's going through an outpatient treatment, it sounds like, right? Well, she, well, she said um, – is there a type of treatment program that's just as rewarding as an outpatient program without having to take time off of work? Okay. In the outpatient program, there's probably, uh, they have people come in and, and chair meetings that are from the community on most outpatient programs. Yeah. Maybe start where they, where they go to meetings. If she uh, likes what she's hearing from them. Yeah. Because most of them use some local people that come in and volunteer. Uh, if that's the case with the program she's in, I would probably start there. Okay. Got it. All right. Let's move on. Last question here. And then we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, this comes from Samantha. Samantha said, Hey Shane, kind of a strange situation right now with someone. He just started getting treatment for cocaine addiction. He mentioned he listened to the podcast. I thought I'd check it out too, to see, um, to see if it can help me uh, and help him. Um, I love him. I know his recovery is 100% the most important thing he needs to focus on. I was wondering if you had any specific podcast blogs or even personal advice on how I can help him through this, even though I'm feeling a little left out. I know he needs to focus on himself, but it's tough waiting here trying to be helpful and at the same time not overstep. So, Samantha, thanks for the question. Um, I think we've kind of 
Well, we've, we've talked a little bit about this, but I, I think for me, the first thing that comes to mind, and I know I've, I continue to struggle with this and people that I love trying to help is that a lot of the time I just, I just can't help them other than just try to support them and love them, you know, which is hard sometimes too, because sometimes we're not happy with them. <laughs> well, know? we all have addicts in our lives. We have people who are, uh, most of us have at least someone either in our family or around us that is in active addiction. Yeah. So how do we deal with them? Well, we, we do some of the things I would suggest she go to Al-Anon. Yeah. She had learned some principles there that she may not know, um, like detaching with love, like not enabling behavior. Hmm. Those are things that you learn in Al-Anon, how love does not always look like love. You know, a lot of times love is doing nothing. Sometimes love is calling the police. Hmm. <laughs> yeah you know that sometimes is love so so that's the kind of things that you learn in al-anon and i would suggest al-anon podcasts what's some podcasts that we could suggest you said for her uh boyfriend spouse whatever what some podcasts he could listen to was it what she was well, she, well no she she just said that he mentioned to her that he's been listening to Sober Guy and so yeah. and, and that he could relate to it. So she yeah. jumped in. So are you saying different podcast yeah, podcasts? Recovery podcasts that oh, we like. There's a there's a ton of them out there. I mean, yeah. you got uh, well, Recovery Revolution used to be Share, right? You got uh, Recovery Elevator, you got the AA podcast, um, AA Sober. Recovered, yeah, uh, uh, Sobercast, Sober Pod. Sober Pod yeah. is good. Uh, there, there's a number of those out there now. The Boiled Owl is one of my favorite, if you like, AA kind mm. of podcasts. Very good guys over in Greenville, North Carolina. Real good guys. Um, but there's several podcasts. Sober Speak is a, is a good yeah. – that's uh, AA-based, good re- Re- Recovery Unscripted, that's another one. Uh, uh, the Way Out. The, the Way, way out. out. Yeah. Uh, Charlie. Home. Isn't there a Home? Home or something? I don't know that one. The way out though. Yeah. yeah I've heard the way that out's one. good. Uh, Dopey. Dopey's yeah. awesome. If you want yeah. some funny stories too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of them. I don't know many Al-Anon, but I would check out an Al-Anon meeting, maybe two or three. Cause you got to find one where you fit. Yeah. Like all of these, but Al-Anon has a lot of good things to, to share with that. And, that, and that, that goes back to that, that same point is what, what are you doing on your end to help deal with, um, you know, your loved one? Uh, we, we talk a lot about on here is you got to do the work. So I know it's tough sometimes kind of showing up. Um, but if we're not really going to progress, if we're not able to put the work in, I remember we had had this conversation a long time ago about doing work and I had, um, I had a, a big sign that I just written scratched out on a piece of paper. It just said, put in work on my, on my bench there just to remind me, like I have to do the work on the daily and it's never going to look perfect. It's probably not going to look what I expected to, but I just continuously uh, I'm chipping away a little bit at a time. And that, that kind of helps keep me dialed in. Agreed. We all have to do that. You know, and that changes with time, what we're doing to be spiritually fit. It's always changing, and we always have to be open to that. Yeah. It's always changing. But the important thing is that we're waking up. Yeah. Yep. Waking right up. on, man. I appreciate you, buddy. Um, any, anything you want to add before, uh, before we wrap this up? 
check out the Dow podcast, check out uh, um, uh, Transitions Daily. If those things, if you're so inclined, check them out. Yeah. Oh, I said check them out, damn it. You will check them out now, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, bye, bye. Oh, man. No, good stuff, man. Uh, uh, thank you again, buddy. I appreciate you, man. Love you. Um, I, man, we, we've just, uh, it's a really special thing God's blessed us with, man, and I just appreciate the heck out of you, man. Me too. Um, guys, thanks for tuning in today. I hope, uh, I hope you know, Buddy and I were able to share something, uh, you know, through our own experience or thoughts or whatever that might help you out there. Uh, keep spreading the love. Um, put in the work. Do the thing. Check us out at ThatSoberGuy.com. You can connect with us on Instagram, at RealThatSoberGuy, at Shane Raymond on Twitter. Peace, love, and respect. And keep it